Welcome back to another episode of Let's Build Church. My name's Rich Martin, and today I got to sit down with two friends of mine, Josh and Peter. These guys are basically experts in being able to help churches tell people about where they are, who they are, and what they do. And these guys are experts because their field and their business is to specialize in the areas of web and Facebook marketing and all things digital. And so I wanted to sit with them and kind of explore that whole area where maybe we're not always as comfortable to talk about and just dig out any, not just shortcuts, but any good things that we can all implement in church. So hope you enjoy it. I enjoyed chatting to them. They're great, great guys. So let's jump straight in. All right. So I'm here with Peter Murden and Josh Stannard, who are good friends and helping me out in the world of building church. These guys are experts in really digital media and how to use social media, how to use all forms of digital media to help the church grow, to engage with people who pretty much are spending the whole time on devices of some sort. So welcome to us, Peter and Josh. Thanks for being with us. Oh, thank you for thank you for letting us be here in the room. Oh, it's great. Well, the room is a posh room. It's my office. And uh, we're just going to talk around some things. And so just give us a little bit of your background, Peter, so everyone can understand who you are. And then Josh, if you could do the same, so we know who we're talking to. So uh, I am 26 years old, grown up in the church, born and bred, um, and... Uh, I've loved serving in church. I've been serving in church. I used to spend my summer holidays cleaning the church building. Um, clean the, you know, my first job was cleaning the church toilets. Um, I was that kid. And then ended up um punching a helping punch a church in Liverpool. Uh then because that is the natural progression. You go from yeah. toilet cleaning to church, to church planting. planting. I, I but don't tell you that in the books. Well, I wasn't actually leading the church plan if if they're listening, I'm not trying to claim their hard work. Uh, I was putting the chairs out. So I got promoted oh, right. from, wow. from clean toilets <laughs> to being in charge of the chairs on a Sunday. There was, okay. my, there was my promotion. Uh, a bit like David, you know, went from... Oh, here we go. You know, it's went, even got know, a spiritual so... reference. <laughs> <laughs> and then did all that, did a whole bunch of stuff there. So we we had, you know, we launched, we punched the church, no budget, like no money at all, um, all on social media. All, all kinds of stuff. Then went over to the States, three years at Bible school, came back, and now um, helping plant another church right now because I'm in a church plant in Preston, which is in the north of England, and um, doing all kinds of things, digital church toolkit, helping churches make sense of social media. Come on, come on. Josh, Yeah. quick background about yourself. Oh, quick background, 30 years old. Oh. Uh, father. Oh. of uh, one boy and, a, and, a, and another child on the way in a few months. Uh, probably here by the time this, this podcast is out. Possibly, yeah. If I get and, my act together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm a graphic designer by, by trade and sort of growing up in a small southern countryside town. Went to a small uh, Baptist church in the fields and uh, it was great and started off my kind of design career there with um, effectively I used to see my mum printing comic sans and things on a on a post with like crinkle cut kind of borders that used yes. to go on the notice boards it's yeah. like and it's like <laughs> bit of word art yeah word art and I was like this needs to this needs to change so I kind of you know had a a trial version of Photoshop and used to used to play around and you know with all the effects on there doing that got involved in the audio media team and uh, then moved to America, then moved to Spain and lived, and then have moved back to England, uh, which is where I am, uh, doing graphic design, helping churches, 
uh, with their communications and, and doing this with Peter Come in on. Digital Church Toolkit. Yeah, so Digital Church Toolkit, whilst whilst you're on, Josh, yeah. just, just this is a just a, an overview brief of why it's been set up and what it actually is. Yeah, just a, um, Peter and myself were, were friends and kind of a bit of a crossover in what we did in terms of events, marketing, graphic design, and media, um, and had a, you know, we had a few personal clients as we worked freelance and thought, how can we better serve and better equip the church? You know, we're doing it on our own, just with our own clients and our own uh, set of skills. But if we merge together, perhaps we can reach more, do more and help more. So effectively, we've come together to to help churches in their communication and to spread the message of Jesus. Um because they've got a unique voice. We believe that every single church and every person has a unique expression of who God is, and that's valuable and that's um, important in their own setting and community. So how can we help them express that uh, and impact lives? Brilliant, brilliant. Peter, so mo- moving moving on from knowing what Digital Church Toolkit is, and we can reference a little bit more at the end of, of how that works. With your great background, understanding uh, the European church and uh, specifically in the UK, what it's like, what, just getting straight into there, what are your top tips for churches to engage with an online world? So I'm really aware that as a church, we have done traditional church. By traditional, I think it'll always be like that. You know, let us not give up meeting together as summer in the habit of doing which the the bible tells us to do so what you know our usp is always going to be meeting together um but what would you know it is sometimes difficult to engage in a digital space when it's so big there's so many options so many potential avenues to go down what you know would you say to a church what would be your top tips of engaging with the digital space so I think there's a couple of levels. The first level is if you are not using your website and social media to simply um, digitalize your notice board, you're probably missing out on a trick. You know, So I assume most churches are letting people know somehow what they've got going on. So that could be through a notice sheet. Cash your mind back, Rich. Oh, I'm sure you remember on. those. You're going to be talking about acetate machines soon, aren't you, Peter? <laughs> But you don't use them here. <laughs> I mean, you don't use acetate sheets. I would love to. I'd love to get back on my acetate machine. <laughs> I think some people listening to this, they're a little younger than us. They'll have no, no idea, idea what yeah. acetate sheet but, is. But you'd have to be pretty young to not know what one you is. You would, so. yeah. So um, you, you, if you're not using it to promote your events, I mean, really, that's like that's like basic level stage one. You know, hey, come to church on Sunday. We've got men's Bible study on Wednesday. We've got a prayer meeting Thursday. And... Um, The stage two for me, and this is really where I think most churches should be, is how do we give value to people online? So, you know, every church leader on a, if you boil it straight down, we're trying to impact people's lives. You know, you're trying to evangelize, you're trying to disciple, you're trying to make a positive impact on their Monday morning. Hmm. You know, like we're not trying to have a holy huddle, are we? We're trying to have a positive impact on someone's Monday morning with the gospel and for the kingdom. And so how can you do that online? Um, How can you do that? through email how can you do that on social media um to kind of how to kind of make their experience of the message that you're preaching on a sunday and the message of your church have an impact on their kind of seven days a week right 
And so that would be what? Through a website? Through, through just choose any form? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, just do something. I, I, think, I think something's better than nothing, right. is my opinion. So there's some people listening to this and they might think we're not doing anything. We should just do something. And then there's some people going, okay, we're doing something. What more can we do? And I think um, utilizing their message on a Sunday is a really... Um, great asset because in most churches, most of the time, sermons are fantastic. Yeah. You know, the, the person has is faithfully preaching the scriptures yeah. and they are spending a lot of time prepping that sermon. But if we were really honest, when most people have Sunday lunch, they probably can't really remember most of it. Okay. Um, and, and that's not because of how that's not to do with the quality of the preaching. That's to do with the fact that someone's spending a lot of time on a 45 minute at most sermon and if that was to be recorded via video and then put out on youtube and then broken down into five minute segments and put out on facebook and then if on a wednesday night the person preaching was to jump on facebook live and do some q a about what they preached on sunday suddenly that one sermon with not that much more work has actually infiltrated the seven days of the week of your congregation and your community and is actually having a more of an impact because they're finding a way to break it down and activate it in their life. Amazing. Amazing. Great thoughts. Anything you want to add to that, Josh, before we jump through? Um, yeah, I think it can um, it, it can be overwhelming initially um, in, in churches of like, where do we start? What's the best? Where are people? Um, and I think it's about it's about realizing, you know, people are online, they're on social media, people are browsing the web, they're, they're searching for things, they're searching for things to listen to, they're filling their mind with things. Um, so just by staying out of it and being like, it's too much, I don't want to put anything else out there, we're kind of letting the world and letting other things just Im impact them. So I think it is worth um, is starting one, even if it is just picking with one, whether it is, you know, Instagram or Facebook, whether it is um your website and just trying to uh, post your your sermon, your message on there that again you've prepared and you've put out on there. Um, ultimately, it's, it's just getting it's just starting. It's getting the ball rolling and starting to see like what are, what are, what's my community? What impacts them? What helps them? Is it a quote from my message from my notes that I've put down during the week that I can start to put out and almost my online instead of just becoming a notice board becomes a place of discussion for like, what do you think about this question? And it starts to become a, a dialogue point during the week. That's great. And so I don't know, where do you stand on the digital space being an evangelistic tool? Yeah. So, you know, I think when many churches get into this, this, you know, these discussions or these chats, let's take the chat of, you know, our website. You know, is the website for people who've never been to church before? Do we put on the front page of the website, do you want to know Jesus? Click here. Um, download the Bible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, um, communion cups will be sent to your door next week and we can yeah. take communion online. Or do we go more notice board feel like where, where, where do you navigate that kind of stuff and it's a huge question yeah. I, I, but i think people do genuinely think what is our website for or yeah. what is our digital space for yeah and i think um starting to ask that question to yourself of like who you know who do we want to reach who are the kind of people that are coming to our website i know a lot of churches um having looked at actually the the, the data of what clicks are going on their site the majority are uh, they're coming for the they're coming for a, a notice sheet that's downloadable um, for like perhaps the month events and they're coming to the the sermon page and that's what they're looking for. And then, then there's a small percentage that are, that are, that are first time viewers who have, you know, typed in churches in area and they've hit that landing page. Um, I think uh, there's a lot of great tools out there such as Facebook um, to create a group page, not a, not a, a homepage like fan page. Um, so just for 
to reference what I'm what I mean. If you create a page for your church, that's going to be a for better, for better yeah, one of a better word, fan page. That's the front door. That's the the entry point. That's kind of like you know you, you'll share your perhaps your quotes on there. It's kind of like yeah. the, the front door, but it's hard to kind of create a, a meaningful community with that because it is just a a fan page. It's like they see the facade, whereas a group page, which if you've ever been in groups for for whatever you know you've joined one, that's where like the dialogue starts to happen. So within Facebook groups, you can you know share videos, host watch parties. You could you know you, you could play an alpha course video, yeah, and and have people talking about that and be like, hey, we're actually gonna you know, or share the clip from from this week's message or the, the pastor jumps in and says, hey, here's a video of just, um, I'm going live to talk about what I'm going to be sharing on this Sunday or yeah. from last Sunday. Let's talk about that and discuss. And that's where like the community happens. Mm. Um, when it comes to the website, uh, again, it, it, it's it's what works for you. I, I think it um, a lot of the time it is for, um, well, probably edit this part out if that's all right. Because uh, <laughs> I was like, most of the time, I think it is a fifty-fifty split in terms of are we, are we is this going to be the landing page for completely new people? We're trying to target people who are who are searching for churches in our area, and this is what they're going to see. I'm new here, find out more. Or is it going to be? Is this our place where it's hey, our, our existing church attendees always click on just to find out the information about what's going on at this church this week, and here's how you listen to the to the message, right? Um, and it's finding out you know you, the people in your church what they need and what what they're listening to. And and I don't know if you'll add anything into it, Pete. Yeah, I was just going to jump in because I think you said it right at the beginning, like the USB of the church is always going to be like a meeting. And the reality is, is like for somebody to like encounter Jesus, like God has to reveal themselves to them. And that is most likely going to happen in a meeting. I mean, we all know stories mm-hmm. of that happening at someone's computer or in a dream or whatever, but that like for 80, 90% of people, that is going to be in a meeting. So in my opinion, like you want to be using your website as a way to then channel offline interaction. You want that online interaction to turn into an offline action. So probably tending church (laughs) on a very basic level. And so if it's not, if you go on your website, this is what I would do. Phone somebody up who you know has never been on your website um, and get them to go on your website and tell you how quickly they can find out when and where your Sunday service is. Great thought. And and that is going to tell you how good your website is. Yeah, yeah. So if people are saying, we've got a website, I've, people have said it to me, I've got a website, but uh, no one ever comes from it. And then I go on the website and I'm like, well, I can't, I don't know where your ser- your service is. That's yeah. why I always turn yeah, it up. Some amazing pictures of people <laughs> yeah, having yeah. coffee. Yeah, but, but I don't know where you are. <laughs> exactly. And so you you know, just start having those little things because I, I think when digital is never going to replace Sunday church, it's never going to replace community, it's never going to replace a service, but it can help and aid you to do that better. Yeah. One of the one of my friends who runs a church, um, one of the things that they do on their website, which I think is pretty clever, is they have, are you coming this Sunday? And all people need to do is like, if you're visiting us this Sunday, let us know. It's on the front page as soon as you get there. I think it even might be a pop-up. You type it in and then they just have a WhatsApp group for all the hosts. And they say, hey, six people this week have said they're visiting. Here are the names. They put it in the WhatsApp group channel. Um, and then when they arrive, it's like, oh, um, what's your name? They say, oh, my name's Jane Smith. It's like, Jane, oh, great. We've been expecting you. Um, you you sent an email in today and it just creates like a warm touch of people who are saying, hey, we're, you know, we've been looking, we're in the area or whatever it might be. I thought it was a nice way of doing things. I think, I think one of the things well, we've all obviously involved in building church, where's the line of using volunteers and using professionals? So, um, you know, right the way through from keeping 
hold of, I guess, the culture or the world would call it the brand, like the culture of your church, right the way through to what's written, through to, you know, you know, is that something all volunteers can do? What about, you know, designing of a website and making all that happen? I think initially it can be expensive if you don't know what you're looking for. Um, where, I know you guys run your own business. So you, I'm not asking you to give me your business rates far from it, but where's the <laughs> where's the line between volunteers and getting people involved paid? I think it's to do with capacity. And so some churches, I think it's to do with capacity. So, you know, some churches, you might have somebody on your team or someone on your board who who's like, they're really highly expertised in comms. So you could have like a comms manager or marketing manager on your board, for example. And then suddenly you've got kind of some volunteer expertise that's going to help you sort yourself out. Or if you're kind of based in a city center, you're probably likely to have some 17-year-old kid who's very good at graphic design, who needs some help with their portfolio. And so you then got some volunteer um, capacity there to help you out. So, you know, of course I'll, we're not going to say you always need to use paid people. Um, But I do think that if you're trying to get the building blocks in place, getting some outside help can be really helpful for you, particularly if you've never really, for example, thought about your logo and your brand and your messaging. You know, if most people, they haven't done it in-house. The reason, if you don't have it yet, it's probably because you can't do it. Like you don't have the expertise to be able to do that. Because if you did, you'd already have it, which means that you might need some outside help. Same with a website. You know, what what a website developer is going to do, they're going to give you basically the skull and bones to build your website for you. And and I really think getting that done out of house, like it's like if you were to build a building, like you, you know, when you guys here get a building extension, like you don't, you, you, you don't think, well, you know, Rich can, uh, can can use a hammer and nail, he'll build the extension. You go and get a building contractor to build your extension because then you know it's going to be at building regs and you know it's going to like not fall down. And so I think it's probably the same with a website. Like you want to get a professional to help you out because you don't want it to metaphorically fall down. So, but but that doesn't mean that the person building it doesn't need guidance in terms of content, in terms of culture, and in terms of look and feel. And, and I think for us, that's one of the reasons we set up the business was because we're Christians, we've been involved in church, you know, I've been on staff at churches. So so we can help bridge the gap between kind of a professional environment and a ministry environment. Uh, and we find that churches really like that because we understand them. We understand that every church is a little bit unique culture. And so you you have to do some 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 more work than maybe you would, would do with a standard commercial client. Yeah. And um just to you know back you guys up like you know for the listeners like I use um, Josh and Peter to help me with some of the projects that I've got that I've got to run with because although we do have some skills in-house I think what I find is um, it borders into what people's work actually is and it's a bit like if you do have a tradesman in church there are so many things that they could do for free but it does come to a point where actually that is also their livelihood and you've just got to try strike the balance and you know Josh is part of this church and he has kindly given in time before, but you know, it just came to a point where you were giving so much time that I thought it just has gone a bit too far now. Like you've given us value, but we just need to um not just pay you, but also get the professional from you to deliver for us. I'm also a big fan when it comes to the digital space of different things to 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 outsource. So, you know, I've outsourced to digital church digital toolkit. Um, for our Facebook marketing, for our conferences and some other things. 
but I'm also a fan of going to sites like getafreelancer.com. Um, getafreelancer.com has helped me because, for example, one of the things I'm looking into at the moment would be how do we appear number one on Google Maps for everything? Now, I could try my hardest to SEO every single page, or I could just pay a, a, a relatively small fee to someone who could be in America, or they could be in India, or China, or someone who's going to bid to get that job done and make sure that when someone surfs up certain things that we're doing at Life Church or Life Church as a whole, we come number one on Google Maps. Um, I find that that's quite useful. I, don't, I think it's it's cheap money or easy money to put if you've got it in your budget to put in the right direction. And so I'm always a fan of outsourcing for specific projects. I think when it comes to volunteers helping run it, I think they're great content generators. So they can generate great photos, great wording, um, one-off videos to post into places. Like they're great content generators. If I'm paying someone to constantly generate content, it's going to be a very expensive thing. But to give us the tools to put that content on, such as the wireframe of a website or the back end of a website, that's where I've, I've always thought it's, it's better just to outsource and get someone who's going to do you the job. Because there's nothing worse than a volunteer doing something for you and you looking and thinking, that is awful. And then you can't tell them because they've spent, you know, three, four, five days making something. You think that's the worst thing in the world. Yeah, and I, I, one of the things that, that that really can help with that um, is is kind of, you know, in, in the industry, it's called like a brand guide or a style guide, but it can be as simple as a branding sheet, which could uh, very simply look like this is the logo. This is how you use the logo and how you don't use the logo. So say, for example, your logo um, is you know, uh, it's a, a black circle and it has a cross in the middle of it. Say that's your, say that's your logo and it's a white cross. You know, you might, the, the usage might be, it's always black on a, on an image or it's white on an image, but it will never be a different color. So no one would ever make it orange or yellow or green. Cause that's not part of your brand color. Um, now the, the context of this is somebody walks into your church on a Sunday and they hear they hear you. They hear you speak. They hear you preach. They they get to meet and interact with a the team. They've sort of, they've felt a very physical, very real uh, tone of voice. They've literally heard somebody speak in the church. They've met with you, and then they go away and they view you online. And there's a tone of voice that comes from what you're putting online, from whether you post a video or a graphic or an image. There's a tone of voice that comes from that, which you want to stay you know consistent across the board. So when they've heard you speak, if you're a fun person. Uh, and, and you've got like a very, um, you know, like light, easygoing kind of uh, preaching style. And it's like that. But suddenly on, you know, it's Times New Roman. It's like very like formal, like text with like caviar photos, and, you know, and like robe, purple robes. Oh, like, yeah. That doesn't feel like. Dove, top right. <laughs> yeah, like just stuff like that. And it's like, that doesn't feel like, that doesn't, it doesn't breed trust. Because it's like, that doesn't feel right. Again, the same for someone who's never been to your church you know, what you're posting online, if they see that and think, oh, that's the kind of church I want to go to, you know, you've, you've picked a stock photo of, you know, uh, you know, uh, multi, multi different ethnicities. And it's like, oh, that's a great church. That's a church I want to be a part of. And you go there and it's, and it's not, it's just, you know, it's, you, you're in a small countryside town. There's like 10 people that's, you know, they're all over the age of 75 and, you know, in the North of England and it's majoritively white. It's like, oh, that doesn't seem to, it doesn't, it doesn't follow along. It's not the trust there. So you want to build trust. And a brand sheet can, can help that. It can be as simple as, this is how we're going to use our logo, how we're not. This is the font that we're going to use across every publication. These are the colors that we're going to use. That way, once you've kind of got that structure set in place, whether you hand it to a volunteer or not, 
they've got a some they've got a base template to go from right. so you don't have my mum using comic yeah. sans <laughs> and that's where i would definitely recommend to get an external yeah um, person in, be it someone who'd do it for free that might yes. be in your workplace, but yeah. would come and do it that's not even a Christian. Yeah. Because they, when you bring an external group or people in, they have no emotion to past things or to future decisions. Yeah. They should primarily be focused on making sure you get the best outcome and not pushing you in a certain way. Totally. If um, some more, we could go all over, and yeah. I don't want to, you know, I'm aware people are times precious, but what I would like to say is, if people were to stay congruent to building something that was solid in the digital space, what kind of elements would you say make this bit strong, get a strong platform on this? You know, because we've talked of everything from podcasting to websites to social media to brand guidelines. I mean, I don't want anyone to sit through this and just think, oh, my life, like I could be totally like, you know, we've already spent 15 grand in, in one conversation. It, it potentially um, just trying to make all these things look great and if you've got a church of 100, 200, 300 it's like I'm going to put 15 grand elsewhere what what would you say not you know not just they're already doing stuff churches are already doing great stuff but if you say just have a solid this a great this a really good that what would it look like? Number one goes right off the back what Josh was just saying so number one right off the back what Josh was just saying you want to make sure you've got a decent style guide and you, you, you've got a solid, like, this is how we use the logo, this is how we don't use the logo. And I think that's really going to set you up for success as like a solid foundation for the future. I think the second thing is you want to make sure that everyone knows what the message of the church is. If I was to ask you or one of your team, one of your leaders to sum up your church in a sentence, could they do that? Um, we are a church for this you know um we exist people with for, cash yeah <laughs> <laughs> no church has ever said that but <laughs> have they not i've heard no i'm joking no. so <laughs> so so you it, you want to kind of get your messaging sorted and there are, and if you can get your brand how you look and your messaging what you say if you can get those two things sorted it doesn't matter the avenue or the platform okay. the your kind of solid foundations going to in place the next thing i would say is get yourself a decent website. Okay. Um, and that's because your website is like owned real estate. So, you know, if, if I was to buy a house, that house is mine and no one can really tell me what to do with it. But if I was to rent a house, that could you know, be taken off me at any given moment. And it's the same with social media. Like we're big fans of social media, but the reality is, is like Facebook could go bust tomorrow and all your hard effort in Facebook would go down the drain right. as it went bust. So that's not to say don't go on Facebook. It's just say, make sure you've got some owned real estate, e.g. a website. Uh, and then I would be, once you kind of got all that stuff in place, you can then, you know, just try something on social media, whether that's Instagram. Instagram feels like quite a low bar, easy level to get into. So if you're not really doing anything, Instagram is probably a good starting place. And just start putting some photos out, start putting some graphics out, start putting some videos out there yep. and just see what happens, see what works, see what doesn't work. Think, how do I add value to people? How can I help people? How can I make a positive impact on people outside of a Sunday meeting? And just see what happens. And, and ask people who are about 18, 19, 20, you know, because people yep. about that age, like we've they've grown up with social media. Like yeah, they yeah, they don't cool. remember a pre-social media world. Yeah. So they think like that. Like if you're not that age, if you're maybe 34, 40, you probably, it takes you a while to think 
in like a social media world because you're it's not how you were brought up it's not how you grew up whilst those people that's how they've grown up so ask them speak to them see what they say and just if you've got one that you really trust just let them run with it brilliant brilliant any thoughts to add to the end of that before we oh that was a that was a great thought um yeah, along with like the, the pictures and videos, it's like just, you know, use what you've already got. Peter, you touched on it earlier of, you know, the people who are who are listening to this podcast right now, you know, you've you've shared a talk before, you prepare a talk probably most weeks. It's like you've got uh incredible content that you've built and it's there, it's sitting there that can be that could be turned into a short little post, yeah. uh, a blog post, or quotes could get pulled out of that that could be, you know, people could think about during the week. It's like don't let that just go in the archives and like, oh, I'll pull that out in a few years if I cycle through or if that comes up again. It's like that's that's great. Like use that throughout the week to engage with people. Like people are thinking about that. It, you know, you might be using it now already for for home groups or something yeah, like that. Nice. But it's like that's the kind of stuff that people throughout the week. It's like, hey, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna do a quick video and just say, what do you think about this week's message? We talked about this topic or this came up. Great. Um, and then one 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 last thing uh, that I was thinking. I heard a talk recently, and um, this person uh, run, runs a church, and they have a quite a large. Uh, a Facebook group where they kind of engage and they talk about the, the message and during the week and they have a bit of a community online inside of a Facebook group where people chat and and connect and and the person had shared and said you know a lot of the times the church uh, often says like hey we're talking about this on Sunday we've got the answer the answer the answer and it's like the people are waiting they want to hear what the answer is what this message is and it's like join us at ten o'clock on Sunday in this location it's like oh you know I can't make it it's mm. like there's only one time to hear the answer right. Which, um, which I, you know, I think it's great that we meet yeah, in person, yeah. but I think that that sometimes can be a challenge. What about the truck driver who's traveling across the country, or what yeah, about yeah. the, the you, you know, this for some reason they can't make that specific time, yeah. and then that message is gone forever in the archives unless you, you know, pop up a YouTube video and there's not that yeah. that engagement. So it's like, how can how can that that message not just die in one moment in one location? It's like, how can we talk about that during the week? Could it be a you know, just a quick Instagram live, like, hey, I'm, you know, you might get five people to start with, yeah, but they might. That's not me. Five quality people who are asking questions, like, oh, you one's, know, one's my mum, yeah, one's my mum. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, starting to just ask those questions of, you know, you know, then they get to actually engage with you about your talk this weekend, like, oh, what yeah, made you think yeah. about that? How did you come to, okay, nice, you know, share with that? So, yeah. Um, uh, last question before I want Josh to tell a quick testimony of what's happened in your life because I do want that. Um, Peter, if it's Christmas, we're, we're, we're in the beginning of December recording this, so don't judge me if this has come out two years too late. But um, if it's Christmas, I know that many churches have got some amazing things for people who don't normally go to church to come to. If I was a church leader and had £200 to tell people about this event that's happening, £200 to spend in the digital space, you would say what? So first thing I would do is I would ticket my event even if it was free. And the reason I would ticket it is for two reasons. The first reason is all the research tells you that if someone has a ticket for an event, even if it's free, they're much more likely to turn up than if they just knew about it. The second reason is that gives you an email address and that is like gold dust when right. it comes to digital communications. The thing I would then be doing is I would be probably running some Facebook ads, um, probably to people in my area. Um, so, you know, let's say you're based in Guildford. So people in Guildford or, yeah, let's just use Guildford for example. So people within a five mile radius of my church building in Guildford who, and let's say my event is for families. So they've got children under the age of 12 right. and inside Facebook ads that you can just type that in and that's a demographic. all these specific. Yes. Um, 
And if you want it to just go just to mums, you can click females only. And there you go. You've got an ad going to the mums within a five mile radius. So you know they can get to you because they're within five miles of your church building. And you know that they've got children under the age of 12. So they want to come to your Christmas grotto. And um, it's not like Satan or, you know, or, you know yeah, or, yeah, or, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So, so you can do that, and and you know, just to give kind of the listeners some form of like, how's that going to reach? That's probably going to reach. Let me quickly do some math. So about ten pounds gets you about five thousand views. So two hundred pounds. 20 times 5,000, Rich, you'll play better maths than me. Well, look, we're coming towards the end of the interview now, so (laughs) there's just a a lot of people. (laughs) A lot of people are going to see your ad. Let's do what the Bible says and says it would be around about (laughs) 10,000 men. We're not going to count women and children, you see, even they struggle within those times to do it. But um, I I like it because it's simple, it's cheap. Um, You know, we're doing something similar here in Bradford at Live Church. We're using... Of Facebook to tell people all about our event and we're paying to target specific people. Um, we're not ticking our event, Peter. I've, I'm going to go against um, that. That is because um, for various different reasons, but I do like the idea. We do do other events that are ticketed for that reason so that we can at least keep in contact with people. Um, we've not done that because we think at Christmas we don't want to provide a barrier for people to come. Um, but we're used to just opening up our doors and so on. And so we just, we don't want people to think, well, I didn't get a ticket, so yeah. I can't come. We want people to always feel like, you know, that place you can come to without a ticket. But that's just a journey we've been on. I think every church can can find their own way through. So um, really, thank you. Before anyone leaves, Josh has got an amazing story. It's not really related to Digital Church Toolkit, of which you can go and find out all about Peter and Josh's business, what they do. Um, uh, uh, if you like them, you can, you know, email them and chat to them about your church or, or whatever. They're, they're great guys. But Josh is a friend of mine as well. And just, Josh, could you just encourage every church leader uh, quickly in two minutes, if you would, just about what happened, you know, this year in your life and what God's done? Yeah, absolutely. And I will link it in with Digital Church Talk because oh, there, there is a link. There is. <laughs> uh, back in February uh, of this of this year, 2019, uh, Peter and myself, we were about to... Um, to run a uh, church social media made simple course, workshop, day workshop. Uh, Pete was over at my house and I'd just been having toothache the entire week and I was just, I couldn't, uh, just couldn't open my mouth to even talk. It was it was so swollen and painful. Long story short, went to A&E that weekend. I didn't go to the the workshop and uh, was in A&E, did a blood test and came back and, and they said, oh, you've got leukemia. So uh, it wasn't uh, just the the removed wisdom tooth. It was, oh, this, what's this? Uh, that's wow. been thrown in, yeah. thrown my way. And um so it was, you know, you don't really prepare necessarily for for moments like that in life. Like you're not expecting that to kind of happen. But what I kind of had realized that, like, I guess I had prepared um, just through the years and the, and the weeks and the days of just, you know, spending time with the Lord, reading the Bible, just plying the seeds of truth and like, okay, God is faithful. God is good. This is who he is. Come on. You know, he's a good God. He's a restorer. He's a, he's a kind God. He's a loving yeah. God. He's, he's the healer. Yeah. And so the moment when uh, that, that kind of, when the doctor came in to share in that in that room, and they didn't really know how to deliver the news, and you could just sense that something was gonna was gonna come because you just you just knew it. It, it. I don't know how to describe it other than when they said the word leukemia before it even like landed in my mind or in my, through my ears. It felt like uh, you know the Prince of Peace walked into the room, held come out his on. hand, and took the word, and just there was no weight that landed in my body of hopelessness or despair or fear. It was just kind of like, 
okay, this is an opportunity for God to show up. And that's what it felt like. And this year has been a journey of walking through that and just believing that God uh, is going to restore um, my health. And I've seen my health restored every step of the way. We're now in December and I had a uh, a meet. I was in hospital actually just for a, for a week and they went through all the tests and, and said, this is the exact type that it is that we think you'll be on a tablet a, a day. And and the goal is that it gets lower, lower, lower percentage until one day we can take you off the tablet. So I'm like, that's already a great starting place, you know, for a healing. Uh, and I believe that God had his hand in that and that the enemy tried to come and destroy something that God was even there and to, to get to that point. And gone throughout this year, having multiple uh, trips to the hospital and every single time the percentages got lower. Come on. Um, my blood's are completely stable. There's no um, there's no issue with my immune system wow. or different white cells, Come which on. were crazy high. So, uh, I mean, I feel better than ever right now. Um, I'm expectant. I've had incredible um, moments with God this year and just it's been a journey. Um, and it's, you know, it's one of the ones that I'm walking out this healing and seeing it. it hasn't been the instant moment right, right. healing, but it's, uh, you know, I've seen God show up and it's just been, uh, it's been a, it's been some, I, I've said, um, to people, it's like, I will, you know, I'd never wish this on anyone. I'd never wish them to kind of go through this, but I wish that everyone would have the grace of what this has brought Yeah, amazing. because there's just something about, um, when God draws close like this yeah. that you just can't. And it's Come so on. good. And I'll tie it up with the digital church toolkit and the whole digital space, which is is more of the reason that we need more people in our cities and towns and villages to be able to hear that God is a good God. And if we don't engage with this digital space and we just stay locked down and just hope that people are going to turn up or hope that the people that do turn up will stay engaged through traditional methods, we're just going to lose being able to tell people about the goodness of who he is. And so you boys are doing a great, great job. Massive thank you for sitting on my office sofa and talking all things thank you. digital and church. Many thanks to Josh and Peter for jumping in and chatting to us there. Hope it helped you. I'm aiming to put a few more of these podcasts out and I'm really grateful that you've been listening. If it feels appropriate for you, please feel free to share and pass it on. The whole aim of me putting these podcasts together is to help church builders in the European context. And so I got a few more lined up that I think will help you. They're definitely helping me. And uh, thanks again for tuning in.